0: To a brand new episode of so What You Think, I'm your host Nicholas. For those of you who don't know, uh, so What You Think is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we'll discuss a movie that we've just seen for the very first time. Uh, originally, I was saying that we were going to do a, a Monsters University episode as our as our episode, but um, just as schedules work out, that that'll be uh, being pushed back. But no worries. That episode will still be happening. We're still doing our Pixar series and all that good stuff. Um, but today we're kind of doing a fun standalone episode, and I was happy to bring on uh, my cousin B. So welcome, B. Thanks for coming. Hey, on. Hey,
1: happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Thanks for like coming on last minute, filling in, and like doing this. Of course, I have nowhere else to be. <laughs> so uh, the movie we kind of we we talked about and that we just watched, *Yojimbo*. Uh, this is a Kurosawa movie. Um, it's kind of considered one of his best. I was reading like, the quick Wikipedia. Yeah, video.
1: it's definitely one of the more recognizable names from his catalog. Like, definitely like top five. Um, it's it's one of them. It's one of those movies that I think has a big reputation, partially on its own credit and partially because of uh, its influence.
0: Yeah, like I've heard of this movie for sure, and mm-hmm. um, I did know that it was like based or as but it, it was remade as like a spaghetti western. Um, it's a fistful of dollars. And so, yeah, it definitely has a lasting impression. And you can definitely see a lot of, like, the archetypes of westerns and, like, samurai movies that are in this movie. Like, it feels very um, iconic, I guess. and like
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it, um, it makes a lot of sense that you would base a western off of this movie just because of uh, how much it already feels like a western. Um, I think a right. lot of its core structure is built around the same concepts you'd expect to see from a Western of, you know, the same time period. Um, It just seems more like a setting change rather than anything to do with the genre.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I, I guess I would say I'm more familiar with like typical Westerns, like American Mm -hmm. Westerns and uh, uh, things like that. I haven't seen as many like samurai movies, but I was so curious to like see the, the parallels between the two and, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know your relationship to seeing like samurai films, but like, does it feel similar to that genre of filmmaking or does it feel like this like mishmash combo of a Western and a samurai film or?
1: Yeah. Uh, so from the samurai movies I've seen, which is to say, you know, a handful of other Kurosawa films and a couple other random movies here and there. Um, to me, it seems a lot more like a Western than I would usually expect, um. I think that could also have something to do with it being a much more straightforward samurai movie than what I've usually seen. Um, You know, comparing it to something like um, Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai or a movie like Harakiri, um, it's much more straightforward in its storytelling and its messaging. And it really pulls back on a lot of the large-scale sort of epic stories I would usually expect from Kurosawa. It's a much more self-contained um and i think more simply entertaining kind of movie um you know yeah. it, it, it doesn't have that same sense of grandeur but it makes up for it in just being fun <laughs> yeah I, I would kind
0: of agree my i mean we can kind of talk about this too but my relationship to like kurosawa as a director and anything but i've only seen really rashomon and i saw that in film school like three or four years ago i remember that one feeling more like I guess grand like you're saying mm-hmm. it just feels like it, it it deals with multiple perspective perspectives and like this this court trial and was kind of groundbreaking in like the the story structure of it and like the plot mechanics of it um, where this one feels way more like an action movie like mm-hmm. in a Western and like just a straight more like bare bones storytelling but yeah like really enjoyable I, it was like really just an entertaining movie to watch I think
1: yeah absolutely after um, a movie like Rashomon which came out in I believe 1950 1951 about 10 years before this movie mm-hmm. um it really makes something like this feel I almost want to see like a victory lap you know like he's mm. kind of proven that he can do a grand movie I mean Seven Samurai came out a few years before this and that's mm-hmm. one of the most kind of epic movies I've ever seen you know yeah. so I think um just quickly, like, what is the plot of? I guess? Oh yeah, so uh, the Seven Samurai is uh, a very long movie, It's like three and a half hours long, and it's oh, wow. about um, epic <laughs> a, a group of seven samurai who come together. Uh, they're hired by a village who's being terrorized by um, this sort of group of bandits or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're they're about to be essentially robbed for all they're worth, you know, their entire harvest. So they scramble together and hire these seven samurai to protect their little village Mm. um and you get a lot of context into each of these individual characters lives i think um with a cast as big as seven i think it might even be eight and one of them just isn't even considered a samurai um it's been a minute (laughs) since i've seen it but it it is um, had to fit the alliteration exactly right (laughs) but when you have that many main characters um I, i think it's difficult to it's difficult for a typical movie to really go into how each of those characters works and all of their motivation and backstory Mm -hmm. but because of the scale and because of kurosawa's prowess in a movie like the seven samurai it really every character and every storyline in that movie is fleshed out in a really satisfying way Uh and in a really um well-thought-out, grand, you know, in-depth kind of way. Um, And I think that's something that is kind of stripped back um, a couple years later in this movie, Yojimbo, um, which is why, I, you know, like I said, this kind of feels like a victory lap. It kind of feels like Kurosawa's done these grand epics and he can finally take a step back and just make a movie that's entertaining you know it it almost feels like a break by comparison yeah
0: Yeah. as someone who hasn't i guess seen even that many kurosawa movies like Mm -hmm. i expected something i guess that would have been more less just kind of sheer entertainment Mm -hmm. but it does feel like understanding the context of like this is a couple you know 10 15 years plus Mm -hmm. um, since some of those other movies that it does feel like yeah he's like a you feel the context of like the, the season director who's just kind of like enjoying right. making a movie and doing it like really expertly. I mean, there's still like the cinematography of this movie. There's like the way he uses shadows mm-hmm. and like some of like the deep focus of like what's going on in the background, like simultaneously while it's going on in the front. He's, he's still just working on top of his craft. Mm-hmm. Like...
1: I think that's something really interesting about this movie and about Kurosawa in general is the cinematography that he uses. Um, A lot of Kurosawa's style comes down to that really deep focus. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this movie is really no exception. It's almost entirely these wide shots just stopped all the way down to have everything in focus. Um, And you can even notice basically every exterior shot is shot in just full-on sunlight, noon, middle of the day. Um, Yeah. Bright as possible because frankly, at that time, you know, on that film stock with those lenses, you really need (laughs) as much light as you can get to get that depth of field. Totally. And I think, uh, that's something that's really common in Kurosawa's other work is, Mm. you know, these very deep focus shots of characters standing in these beautiful landscapes. I think Kurosawa is very focused on the beauty of nature in Japan and, you know, these hills and the rolling fields and everything. It's, um, It's something that is really a recurring, recurring visual motif in most of his movies. Um, and while it is present in, uh, in Yojimbo, it was definitely a bit stripped back because so much of the story takes place, you know, on this one street in this village, right?
0: Yeah, so we haven't even said, I guess, the plot. Not to interrupt you, but maybe yeah, yeah. maybe we, maybe we should loop back around. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of this movie, or maybe you haven't, but and you're just listening to this anyway. But uh, the plot of this movie, is, I guess, it's kind of like the the man with no name trope. I feel like mm-hmm. that you see in a lot of westerns of this stranger kind of arrives to a town and then recklessly kind of wreaks havoc. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, there's there's two <laughs> yeah, rival yeah. gangs in this town and they're it's kind of just both vying for his attention and want him to be a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah—that's really the bare bones plot of this. I mean,
1: exactly. It, it's basically that exact Western trope where you have this sort of nameless lone wolf kind of character mm-hmm. roaming into town, causing chaos to fix all their problems and have that sort of, had that sort of honorable macho kind of, uh, kind of spirit to this town that is already in total turmoil right i mean that's that's
0: what's so interesting is like finding the what what was the purpose of uh this man coming to this town like what was his motivation i guess and and to see Mm -hmm. like what what was he there to gain like yeah (laughs) i'm curious like even what you think about that like what
1: yeah well i mean in the context of the movie he literally just wanted some rice <laughs> he was just passing through wanted a meal wanted to make a little money yeah um and you know as this uh, uh restaurant owner slash barkeeper is kind of explaining to him the the history of this uh rivalry between the two gangs in this town um I don't know i I think having watched the entire movie now I, I think, his motivation was really just to restore order to this town just for the sake of being kind of a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. He, he doesn't really seem like he has much motivation. You know, he leaves behind all the money. He passes everything along. He That's true. doesn't even live in the town afterwards. You know, he doesn't stick around. He just kind of comes in, fixes right. all their problems, gets the shit beat out of him, and moves on.
0: And the fixing of all their problems is... Kind of mass murdering every <laughs> <laughs> criminal in the town, which is one solution I think to mm-hmm. to uh, cri- you know <laughs> <laughs> criminal overlords and taking over the town. You know, yeah, I mean he kill all of them, but he was he, <laughs> some of it man. was more
1: clever than that. <laughs> but some of it, yeah, sure. But <laughs> that really was the gist of it. Was kind of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean he says it. Organized at the beginning. Yeah. slaughter. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I see a lot of bad people in this town, and I just gotta <laughs> wipe it clean. You guys can start fresh. You know, it's it's kind yeah. of psychotic. <laughs> the, 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 a little the, bit, yeah. The, it's definitely
1: uh, a kind of a vigilante god complex kind of thing. <laughs>
0: it is, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm curious, like in the in other like samurai films or even just like mm-hmm. Kurosawa films, like are there similar like heroic characters that like or i don't know almost like anonymous figures that kind of come in as these like judgment like god like people who are you know you know he he comes into this town and he's like uh determining whether these people are good or bad and he he decides i i i choose to like you know in his eyes i've I've cleaned the town i've purified it or whatever and then Mm -hmm. he moves on and he's like i've done a good job now it's time to move on you know is that Something that you've seen in, like, other of his films? or Yeah, I,
1: I think it's pretty similar to some of the characters in The Seven Samurai. Um, obviously, um, with Seven Samurai, um, a lot of the characters have very different motivations, different personalities. Sure. But I some of them definitely have that same feeling. Um, I think that is something that's relatively common in the genre, uh, both with samurais and westerns. Um, uh, later in his career, he kind of moved on to more um, more grand scale kingdoms fighting and mm. rather than these smaller scale battles just for a village um, sure. with something like Ron, you know, Ron is essentially a, a retelling of King Lear. Um, mm. So that's obviously got significant scale and, you know, this sure. pomp and circumstance to it. Sure. Um, something like. Uh, Kagemusha from a few years earlier um, is the same thing where it's these massive scale kingdoms warring and uh, spying on each other and everything Uh so something like this at much more of a micro scale is from what I've seen unique for Kurosawa but not for samurai films in general I I think this is very much him kind of perfecting a genre film rather than breaking Mm -hmm. new ground
0: I kind of see that as well. It it does feel he's not necessarily breaking new ground in terms of storytelling structure, like in Mm -hmm. terms at least how like Russian was. And it seems like some of his other films where he's like more interested in like innovative plot mechanics, but this Mm -hmm. feels like he is specifically kind of doing like a Western samurai film Mm -hmm. and then like leaning into like tropes and archetypes of like films that are similar like that. Um, yeah, I- I'm curious to talk about the tone, too, because the tone of this film feels... Yeah. It's very singular. It feels very, like, simultaneously playful. And, like, uh, what's the word? It's, like, um, it-, it seems to reflect the main character's, like, attitude towards the town and the people, like, uh, flippant, I guess, maybe. Like, just yeah, uh, yeah. The way the music is incorporated and has this, like, jauntiness, this, like... Uh, like almost silliness. Like and it is mm-hmm. like funny at times. I, I I found myself like laughing quite a bit and yeah, I think that was all intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm curious what you think about the yeah, tone. I, like, what... I think it's a
1: very, as a genre film, I think it's designed to be very entertaining and I think it is very entertaining, you know, mm. and I think building in these kind of comedic moments, um, I don't know if I would say there's even that many jokes in the movie. Just um just yeah. these kind of funny, funny one-off moments or you know, quirky characters that kind of yeah. throw you off a little bit. Um
0: yeah, very like singular,
1: funny characters. It's it's very focused are... on being lighthearted, because I mean, at its core, it could be a very dark story, right? It's mm-hmm. um the mm-hmm. owner of this brothel and uh, this other businessman in the in the village, I forget what was his thing again.
0: Yeah, I I, don't, I forget. It wasn't too. very clear. It, yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> uh, you have these
1: these two gang leaders essentially fighting each other and the town is dying as a result you know this violence is ruining all the other businesses in the town you know they're burning down buildings it's a disaster right. um the coffin maker is the only guy <laughs> making any money um <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah the casket maker he, he was making a killing in that town yeah. oh yeah <laughs>
1: um but yeah I, I think despite how dark the core concept can be um i think our hero kind of brings a lightness to it, and he's, he's clearly very casual and very uh, confident and manipulative with the situation. I think mm. he, he's really doing it more for fun and for himself rather than for the good of the town or for honor or anything. While, while that is probably yeah. an element, it's clear that he's enjoying himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I mean, there's even a few lines where he's like, oh, that was very amusing. Like the, the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. near the end where he's like hiding in the in the, the basket, I guess, that, that's going to be like the I guess that, like a casket. The casket. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. it's a casket. Yeah, but It looks a lot like a basket. And he, he offers another guy to help carry him to the cemetery or whatever and then mm-hmm. uh, tricks him essentially to help get help to moving him to the cemetery. And he just said, that, oh, that's very amusing. He has this whole attitude the whole time that he's like, He never is worried that he's going to, like, die. Mm -hmm. And as an audience, you're never really worried that he's going to die, even though he kind of does get, like, tortured and beat up. There's this, like, heroic arc that you know he's Mm going to, like, make it out in the end, and that's his attitude towards it, that the film also, like, matches his attitude.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and I think the film matching his attitude is why the audience isn't really ever concerned for him, you know? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are times where he's pretty badly beaten up and uh yeah, it's yeah. It, i mean it's, it's grisly, you know like they they went all out with the special effects makeup they and actually look pretty good because there were was was some
0: f- earlier shots of mm. like you know some samurai fighting and then they cut to like an arm on the ground like severed <laughs> and it's like oh man, that doesn't look that great but <laughs> yeah. later on like the when he was beaten up in mm-hmm. the face uh special that yeah really no good. i i
1: think that's one of the advantages of uh shooting on black and white is for a movie like this it's a lot easier to get a convincing effect like that um mm. And I think it also helps that uh, Kurosawa's style is mm, th- very limited in its use of close-ups. He's much more interested in these you know, wide-angle, deep-focus shots. So you don't really get a right. ton of close-ups on the face, which I think also lends itself to making special effects like that look more real just because it's, uh, you're not getting as much of that close-up detail, um, sure. which I think some people would view as a trade-off. You know, you're losing close ups, but I think Kurosawa really isn't interested in close ups. I I think Mm. it's kind of an intentional decision to have these wider shots, to have compositions more so than um, individual. um, You know, he's not interested in running down the list of, you know, we need a wide we need a medium we need a close-up and we'll fix it in editing you know what i mean he, he's, <laughs> sure. he's he's very focused on getting the correct compositions and the correct yeah. camera movements and i think
0: yeah very intentional with mm-hmm.
1: it makes a lot of sense to do that in a medium or a wide sure um,
0: yeah no i think that's really interesting it, it, all of his shots do like they feel like paintings and there's like so much to like take in in every single shot because they're so carefully mapped out they're they're I mean, the average, like, shot length seemed, like, relatively long, too. I mean, they kind of, like, Absolutely. would, would yeah. turn transition into this other shot that, that would then have something else going on in the background. And um, I feel like that also, like, lends itself really well just to showing off, like, the set mm-hmm. and the character and, like, costume design. And, like, there's a lot of extras and a lot of, like, the m- multiple scenes of, like, showdowns of the two rival gangs. And there's so much detail that you can, like, see, I think, because there's, like, so much going on in the background. You can, like, there's – it feels – it helps you like dive into the world, I think, too, mm-hmm. like it.
1: That's that's something Curse I was really good at is um, within one single uncut shot, framing multiple compositions and, you know, moving between them with different camera movements. And I think um, because of the setting in this movie, because it's all taking place in a relatively small area, you don't see as much of that as you would in some of his other movies. Sure. Um, but it's definitely still there and it's definitely still something that he's a master of
0: no yeah he, he's he's the real deal
1: <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought kurosawa the real deal
0: yeah. a couple of things i wanted to note, just not, not to go too away from this but i i wanted to just be like i noticed i guess like a few like influences i guess from like later movies that have come after this that i thought were like kind of oh interesting, yeah like, no question um like, even, like, I think you mentioned it while we were talking, like, Star Wars definitely seems like kind of an influence. <laughs> yeah. And like, it is kind of a joke, but even just, not even just, like, the wipes and the transitions the way they would use mm-hmm. that, but, like, the the Western aspect of it mm-hmm. was, was felt very similar in this, like, uh, this anti-hero and this, the style of it, like, in the tone almost kind of matches, yeah. like, this self, or this, like, awareness and the silliness and, like, entertainment value mixed with, like, kind of darker themes and, like, a... I don't know rivalry and good, mm-hmm. good and evil. And
1: yeah, I, I know George Lucas has gone on record many times over the years, uh, citing samurai films as a huge influence for star Wars. And I think this is a great example of that. Um, like mm-hmm. you're saying with specific techniques, like the wipes with the editing, um, mm-hmm. and the tone and everything. But I think another really interesting comparison point between this and star Wars is the tension and the action, mm-hmm. um, in a scene, uh, right at the very beginning, our main character is kind of goading the two factions to fight each other, Uh and they're kind of, you know, they're making these tiny little comedic advances at each other, and they're slowly closing the gap, and then right before they actually get to fight, um, someone, a messenger comes in, and essentially a cop is coming in from from Edo, (laughs) and... It just totally shuts it down. And I think that's something that you get both tonally and um, mechanically is very similar in Star Wars is this sort of almost comedic tension building up. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's very clear that there is a lot of influence there. And just watching this,
0: having seen something like Star Wars, like it seems so evident. Um, And to see like knowing this came first is like interesting that that is something that he's probably inspired by. And this was probably like, 15 years before i guess star wars so it's yeah like it was not 15 20 that. years yeah it's like not too far off from when that happened but yeah were there any other like movies or anything that you've seen that have that came out i guess afterward that you think might have been influenced by this this film just off the top yeah
1: of your head. i mean obviously i see a lot of threads between something like this and uh kurosawa's future work um mm-hmm, sure yeah, really, I, I think Star Wars is a big one. It I it makes me think a lot of uh, The Mandalorian, the Disney mm. Plus show. I, I think, um, obviously, that's drawing a lot more from Star Wars than anything else. But I think you get a lot of that same Western feel and that same kind of wandering hero. You know, he's got a moral code, but he's also kind of in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right it's definitely a similar similar feeling. So whether that was grandfathered in from Star Wars or if there is more direct influence, um, sure. something like that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Okay, one one idea, I guess, that the film brings up that I'm kind of curious to take on is uh, this stranger who comes into the town, he's like a samurai, he's like a, a ronin or whatever. He, he's like, a, you know, he's his, he specializes in using a sword. And then there's this other character who's kind of the antithesis of him who is working for the rival gang and then later on the same gang when he switches sides. But he's like a gunslinger, I guess. And Mm -hmm. he's like the only one in the town, really, that uses a gun. Um, And then there's multiple points where they're both like have lost their weapons and they make comments or other characters make comments about, oh, they've lost like their strength. Like he's nothing without his sword. Um, Like they're taking away his power. Um, And there's like, this seems like there's this connection between like power and then the weapon. Um, And then even like the giant, like the who's or, I don't know, the the, I mean, the, the yeah, tall man yeah it's a man. fair <laughs> a fair assessment i think uh, the big old e- guy even him you know he his body's almost his own weapon like in, in the, so he's almost like the opposite of that i don't know there, there just seems like there's this relationship with like power mm-hmm. and identity through a weapon and violence and i'm just curious what, yeah, what you think about yeah i think, I, I think
1: all that. that's something you see a lot in samurai films um i i think a lot of the sort of samurai honor system is very tied into uh the sword and Mm -hmm. i I think you see that in a lot of different cultures you know i know uh, like vikings have similar stuff Um, you, you see that all over where any warrior culture the the weapon is very important to both their honor and uh to take into the afterlife um, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, again, is something that was referenced as our, you know, our gunslinger lays dying. He's desperate to get his pistol back. Um, right. I yeah, think, literally, yeah, yeah I, I, I do think it's interesting that um, we have our sort of main character who's, um, you know, I, w- I would say a middle-aged man. He's in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this younger uh, character who's similarly intelligent. He's one of the only intelligent antagonists in the whole movie. Right. Um. <laughs> and he's a lot younger. And I, I, I do wonder if there's some some messaging about the generational differences in technology and weaponry.
0: Yeah. That definitely, yeah, that's what I noticed, too. And he he stood out, the gunslinger in particular, he, he stood out from a lot of the other characters. He was, like, clean-shaven. He had, like, short hair. He didn't have, like, the look and feel of all the other characters, so he, like, naturally stands out. And he almost gives, like, the classical hero look and the gunslinger. He, he draws, like, on the, the real archetype of, like, the, the American Western hero, like, the one who comes into town. And he's he's the good looking guy who has it all and has the gun and has the power over everyone. Um, And like, I don't know, maybe there's almost like, he's, I don't know if he's like trying to comment on like American Westerns too, by including that character in relationship to like samurai films, if there's some sort of like commentary on that on top of like the generational thing. Cause I think that's also interesting as well. And like the, the evolution of like using guns over, sword w- mm-hmm. when that is also something that's so tied to
1: identity yeah I, I think this movie is so intrinsically a western um that i, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it is a, a direct commentary just because it really is in tone in structure everything about it is just a kind of a western in a different setting yeah um so i i, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case that um this character with a gun is kind of representing maybe a younger generation, but also representing this kind of foreign new style that's being applied to an older system. And I mean, to be fair, it, in this movie, the pistol is very effective. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it he's, is. Yeah. Got him a long way. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> and people were very impressed by his, his. his. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the tiniest little
0: gun, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You never see him like load it too. He seems like he has oh, yeah. bullets in this thing as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. He definitely seems like he's trying to like comment on on something there, and that it,
1: not exactly transparent, but it is. Uh, I don't know. It, it's at least interesting to consider. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's food for thought. I'd be <laughs> curious to hear because since the, this this was like loosely remade as a fistful of dollars, like the Sergio Leone like Italian western. Um, I would be curious to see like what kind of character that reflects in that film, mm-hmm. like who is the gunslinger and cause I imagine like the man with no name, he, like he is, a, he has a gun. I, I doubt, you know, it's not a Samurai mm-hmm. film. So like, is that idea like lost? Like who is like the counterpart in that movie to like the man who has no name? Like, you know, that, I, I don't know. I'm curious. Like,
1: yeah, that... we'd have to, we'd have to check it out. It's, it's not a movie I've seen, but I, I'm, yeah, I'd be curious to see what the differences <laughs> would be
0: yeah yeah like kind of one of the other themes i feel like he's trying to touch on is like masculinity too like and I, and I talked about that a little bit i guess with like their everyone's need for like power but there's like there's this i don't know it seems like everyone's trying to prove themselves and like uh everyone has like this like desperation in trying to prove that they're like a man or like uh can like that they're worthy you know th- there's multiple like things where like he convinces the guy to take him to the cemetery because he like says <laughs> that there's ghosts at the cemetery and he's like, well, you shouldn't be afraid of ghosts. And then he's like, Oh, of course I'm not. And then he's like, oh, well, I'll show you or whatever. Oh, I'm not afraid of a dead body or whatever. And yeah. know, so like, and there's lots of references like that. And some of them are played for comedic effect, but I'm like, I'm yeah. curious, like,
1: I-, I think a lot of that is directly tied into uh, the sort of Japanese honor code hmm. that was, a really big deal uh, at the time that the movie set in. Mm. Um, And I think a lot like an American Western sort of having this sort of macho lone gunman, you know, roaming the streets. I I think it's a very similar cultural phenomena where at the time where Westerns were being made, you know, that was the good old days. Right. Uh And, And I think it's a similar thing in samurai movies where you're kind of looking back at, um, you're looking back in an older era with what a modern audience would perceive to be more honor, uh, more class, you know, and and I think that's really what it's all about is that sort of macho attitude. Maybe with the exception of uh, the guy uh, going to the cemetery, I think he, he was <laughs> <Yeah>. just stupid. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I think a lot of the other characters are um, not maybe not really leaning into it, but definitely built on a foundation of that honor code
0: yeah I guess so my question for you then is do you think Kurosawa in like depicting these characters is telling it more at face value and this is like you know trying to have some sort of historical accuracy Mm -hmm. like this is how the Japanese honor code like you're saying like this is like just how these characters are and that just like is a reflection of the the culture and the attitudes or do you think he's kind of more critiquing it and being like there's this Macho
1: need and all these people. yeah, it's more of a critique on it. I think in this case, it's much more about the structure, right? That's what samurai mm-hmm. movies are. um sure. he's building off of that basis. It's not any specific comments. Um, and I only say that because um, you know, I, I recently watched uh, Harakiri, which is completely commentary on that structure and totally tears down this sort of honor code as being. You know, antiquated, and it hurts the people that it's meant to protect, and it's just this sort of disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, in a movie like this, it's it's it serves more as a backdrop than any sort of uh, specific theme or uh, or you know point. I I think it's just that's just kind of what a samurai movie is. Just how like in a western, you would expect them to be kind of macho, right? Because I noticed that though, I guess
0: with westerns. I respond to more of the Western, I guess. I think the coin, the term is like anti-Western or like, mm, a, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I responded to those more where they kind of critiqued <laughs> aw, my dog Sandy's laying on my <laughs> bed right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I like, I respond to the anti-Western, I guess a little more because it feels like it's critiquing the established like tropes and mm-hmm. archetypes of the Western and also just like the real life, like idea and like colonial aspect of like the white man infiltrating like native americans and, you know, mm-hmm. and they seem to like reflect the attitude and critiquing it and giving commentary on it more and so i was kind of curious if that like reflects into samurai films if if kurosawa is mm-hmm. more playing into like the genre film and just kind of giving a straight genre or if he's trying to
1: yeah like... the, the impression i get is that it's it's much more of a straightforward genre film sure. um it's less of a critique and more of just utilizing those tools to make an entertaining film.
0: I guess my, my other question then is so with this character, you know, cause I think there's, there's a way to view this character is he's pretty selfish and he's like pretty, <laughs> you know, he's kind of wreaking havoc almost senselessly and he kind of mm-hmm. comes into this town and you know, you could argue that he's like purifying the town and he rids of all the, all the criminals, which in a way he is doing and he does kind of leave the town better in some way, but he's inflicting his own moral judgment and there's like many times that he just like straight up acts selfishly and then mm-hmm. like for his own benefit. Is he? Do you think I? I I'm curious. Like, I guess you're reading of like, do you think he's just portrayed as a straight hero, or is he? Like, are you supposed to leave the film being like satisfied? Like, oh, he bettered that town. You know, like he, <laughs> he saved the day. Yeah. Or is I mean, it like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, he's he's
1: definitely not like this. You know, moral beacon or anything i i think um to me i mean I, I think it feels like a relatively straightforward anti-hero kind of archetype where mm-hmm. he's ultimately going to do the right thing right but how he gets there is kind of up to himself you know I, I he's he's gonna do it his way and he's gonna have fun and he's gonna make a little money and he's mm-hmm. gonna you know but at the end of the day he did he did save the town he you know freed that woman from essentially being a sex slave and like yeah, that is you know true. reunited her family and everything so I, I think the impression I got was when it matters he he does have that sort of moral basis and that honor code mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> he's gonna do it his way and the journey there is gonna be uh, maybe chaotic entertaining something like that yeah yeah <laughs> no i think i
0: kind of agree with you and it, it felt pretty like like yeah he is just kind of this anti-hero and um but at the end of the day like you are kind of supposed to root for him and like the it's shown from his perspective and even how we we're saying like the film's attitude kind of reflects his attitude like it feels like you're supposed to kind of be put into his shoes and stuff and you're supposed to relate to this person
1: i think um, it's also important to note that he's kind of d- despite his flaws he's also still kind of morally the best character in the movie, you know? Yeah. Basically, yeah. everyone else is just so morally bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. The old that, man was nice, though. Yeah. yeah the, he didn't know was, anything. He, he was you know, a bit of a dick, but he kind of... Yeah, yeah. He, he was at Hospitable. least looking out for the town, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think the the casket maker was kind of minding his own business, kind of uh-huh. doing his uh-huh. thing. But beyond that, so many of the characters in this movie are just you know, stupid, evil, you know, just generally dicks. And uh, it kind of makes it so that even though our antiheroes heroes really not the best guy, he's better than everyone else. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess it's all relative, right? <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm, I'm almost like maybe I'm reaching too much here with all of this, but, like, I'm just – I'm trying to find, like – as someone who is like, you know, he's such a renowned director too, and I'm sure he's trying to say so much with it too, that I find it hard just to be like, oh, it's, you know, this is just a genre film that he's like mm-hmm. perfected. Like, and I think that may be the case, but I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm just like trying to reach for things, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it seems too like simple of an answer to be like, oh, this, this is just entertainment. And this is like,
1: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. I think like with any genre, movies from this long ago, you only remember the highlights, right? No one's talking about the, the B movies, you know? Just like Westerns, there were a million samurai movies getting pumped out all the time. So I think it is kind of hard to think about where the sort of ordinary movies would have been and how this ranks among them, right? Yeah. So I think even if it is nowadays just kind of not a terribly groundbreaking movie by modern standards right Mm -hmm. i i think it still would have been at the time a major highlight when compared to other genre films sure um so i i think it makes sense to be i I think it makes sense that it's one of kurosawa's better remembered films but i also think it's not a surprise that it's not his like most remembered film you know what i mean like he a lot of his highlights were so groundbreaking and hold up so well and have you know either this sense of inventiveness with something like Rashomon or this grand scale in um Seven Samurai or Ron um mm-hmm. that when you get kind of a a more ordinary movie like this if that's you know not sure. not as an insult yeah. and or the, anything yeah. and we're not trying to degrade the movie I, by I calling it but i think it ordinary. is Kurosawa just flexing that even when he does make a movie that's, you know, quote-unquote, just a genre movie, he's going to do <laughs> sure. it the best, right? right? And I think that's why it's remembered, because so many other samurai movies of the time just kind of have fallen to the wayside, but Kurosawa was right. a big name, and this was a big movie. So I I think... Yeah, that's fair. Despite being um, not as not as mind blowing or as, as grand in scale. I I think it is a very tightly written and well-made movie.
0: Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's hard to like view films like when they're like ripped out of context like Mm -hmm. this and especially like not having seen maybe other that many samurai films too, I think plays a part into that where I'm like, it's playing all these tropes so well. And I've seen like a couple other ones, I guess. Uh, to have this one just be a really well done genre film. Like that is, that is something in and of itself too. And that, mm-hmm. that is a reason I think to be remembered. Um, because as like, this may be like such a famous movie for him and a well-known movie, but I don't necessarily know why, I guess. Like, yeah. And it could just be because it's like, this came out and this like during the time it was like yeah, the, way better than all these other exactly. like mid samurai <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I-,
1: I think the impression I get is that it's just, um, a very well-made genre film. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's there's more to it than that because I, I think it is, um, you know, you have this sort of antihero and it's, it's less focused on, you know, the honor and the action and more focused on the characters and the story and the entertainment value of it, and you have this sort of sense of comedy and you have this tension, um, and, and I think he's just really bringing together a lot of things that make it stand out, you know mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't change cinema but it was highly influential right yeah a ton of people loved this movie a ton of people were influenced by it right it was a huge marker in his career i think it uh just because it feels like it's designed for entertainment doesn't mean that it's not really good at what it's trying to do right
0: right and i the more we're talking to talk about that, too, I I, I kind of respect it more, I think, because I think there's a lot of, like, auteurist directors that mm-hmm. don't necessarily go for genre films. And I think you start to see that a little bit more now with, like, I don't know, the younger, like, Gen X filmmakers like Jordan Peele or something that mm-hmm. are, like, leaning, especially, like, horror genre. You see that a Absolutely, lot now where yeah. there's, like, this, this uh, attraction to, like, doing an auteurist genre film, I guess. Um, or, like, just taking a, like, having an auteurist director. Tackle something that is normally has pretty uh, laid out ground rules of how that genre functions, and like um, you have to fit into certain boxes and stuff. But I think it's interesting to see Kurosawa like do something so different. Like, Rushman feels very, very different than this mm-hmm. movie to me, and like it's interesting to see that kind of range, I guess, in like a director. Yeah, yeah. To,
1: to me, it feels like something, um, you know, again, to go back to the Seven Samurai. It it feels like kind of just a a smaller micro version of that movie, right? Mm. You're you're dropping the scale, you're dropping all of the importance, and you're just you're making something well, and you're making something very entertaining, right? Yeah. With something like the Seven Samurai, you know, again, it's a long ass movie. It's like three and a half four hours long. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you have all these characters, and you have this massive scale, and you have these, you know day long battles and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So to kind of strip that back and just focus on one character and one situation, I I think is, it it feels more like it's, um, it kind of feels like a love letter to the genre more than anything else, right? It, Mm. It feels like it's, Kurosawa maybe doesn't feel like he needs to make anything groundbreaking because he can just make a really good movie in a really good genre, you know. Yeah,
0: it does kind of feel like a love letter. It it does feel like respectful of the genre and just mm-hmm. like doing it really well. Um, and the movie's like extremely watchable, I guess. It's like at the end of the day this movie's like It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> like it was actually a, a pretty fun watch and even though it's kind of dark and the tone of it keeps you keeps it light enough that it's like just you mm-hmm. you treat it as like an action entertainment kind of western movie like that where it could get bogged down and it could get slow like this movie's not slow at all and kind of have to respect <laughs> yeah it really it.
1: feels like you just plucked one of the fun comic relief characters out of seven samurai and gave mm-hmm. him his own movie you know <laughs>
0: sure yeah and you can just tell he's having fun like writing a lot of these like quirky characters too. Oh, yeah like I don't know we haven't even gotten into any of the specifics of like some of these characters but there's like one character that has like a dye on his, his <laughs> yeah. face like, it's a like a face tattoo <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like so many i mean we t- the, they talked about the the casket maker and talked about the guy who helped him carry to the cemetery mm-hmm. is this the idiot character well, there's so many that are you can t- you just tell he's having fun writing it and it's like fun to watch like it it, it feels very like i don't know seemed like he was just having a good time <laughs> making this kind of movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, okay, kind of starting to wrap up the conversation. I mean, would you – how does this rank in terms of a lot of the other Kurosawa films? Because you, you've seen yeah. a handful of them. So. I,
1: I think, like with all of Kurosawa's films, it was masterfully made, right? He's he's an amazing writer. He's an amazing director. The cinematography is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like so many of his movies. It's difficult to find things you don't like about it, right? Mm. So it just kind of comes down to preference, in my opinion. Yeah. So – I really appreciate um, the grand scale of his other movies. So while this is definitely something that's easier to recommend and easier to suggest someone else should, you know, like you said, very watchable, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't have the same emotional punch and the same uh, grandeur as some of his other movies. So I definitely appreciate it, Um, but it's not going to be one of my favorite Okay. It'll probably be the first um, one I would recommend to someone who hadn't seen a Kurosawa movie because I, sure. I think it's um, I think it's an effective display of his skill uh-huh. um, just because it's it's so tightly written, it's so well directed, it's very fun, it's entertaining, it's very easy to get into. Yeah. Um. So while it doesn't have the weight, I would personally prefer it to have it is an, an excellent movie
0: yeah i think that's i think that's a good way to put it it definitely feels kind of like an entry level point for, mm-hmm. for kurosawa if you like hadn't seen other films or even like a samurai film i think or you yeah know, it works I, as an entry point for a lot of
1: yeah i i think if you've never seen a samurai film it's a great place to start
0: yeah definitely i mean it's, it's very well made and you do get a sense i think of like his overarching style and stuff with a deep focus like you're saying I, you get a lot of like his still signature mark on mm. the film while still serving like another genre um but yeah i think for me i, I think yeah i think i liked Rushman probably a little bit more in terms of like the innovativeness of or the innovation of yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in terms of the innovation of the storytelling and like mm-hmm. the multiple perspectives i was like one of the first movies i feel like to ever kind of like play with telling multiple perspectives and absolutely like, yeah. Reimagining like various scenarios as someone's retelling it and uh, that just seems so engaging to me and I, i'd be more curious to see like other films that he's written as well that like play with story structure and stuff i'd be I, if that's something that he's kind of kept interest in throughout his career or if that is something that is like unique to rush um but in terms of this i think yeah it's a super watchable movie and it seems to like recognize his style really well and like and yeah, it feels like it's like a victory lap kind of movie. Like, yeah, like, like absolutely. It's just like a, a a really well-made movie that's like pretty easy to watch. And um, yeah, just like another great movie that Kurosawa's made. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. Any, any closing thoughts before we wrap up here about yeah.
1: Jumbo? I mean, I would say I definitely recommend this movie. I think um, Kurosawa in general is, in my opinion, one of the best and most important directors ever um he's easily like top five for me um and i think top five for a lot of your favorite directors too you know like anyone of your artists artists exactly (laughs) i i (laughs) I think scorsese talks about him all the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i want to say uh um coppola talks about him a lot too um yeah yeah. (laughs) and i think he's a great entry point to foreign film for someone who's into older movies mm-hmm. um highly recommend kurosawa maybe that's my closing <laughs> thought go watch yeah, a kurosawa minutes movie into this podcast yeah. saying,
0: hey, maybe you should go watch a kurosawa movie. yeah gotta check this yeah. guy out he's pretty good <laughs> i imagine if you're still sticking around you've probably seen at least one kurosawa movie <laughs> or has some sort of interest in samurai otherwise you're yeah. just a big fan of me someone fell know? asleep listening <laughs> to the podcast yeah so. right. I accidentally turned this on but um, yeah, this is a great Kurosawa movie, and this definitely actually makes me want to watch other Kurosawa movies. Um, and I I'm I'd be curious to see like other kind of watchable movies. This mm-hmm. it, it's inspiring in that like it, this was easier to watch than I I think probably than I would have anticipated the movie. So it, it yeah, makes yeah yeah me more excited to like just watch his other movies because they seem he's seems like he's interested in like an entertainment value on top of like bring interesting absolutely
1: ideas. yeah I I think at its core um I mean I think scorsese kind of got a lot of this from kurosawa but it's about essentially making these beautiful auteur films while still being essentially blockbusters right Right. it is an action movie a lot of his movies are action movies right? right like they were box office hits they were high budget movies that had big returns um yeah so i think even though it is he has this reputation, and he is this, uh, you know, genius auteur and everything. At its core, it's entertainment. And I think he was designing a lot of his movies to be entertainment.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the kind of intersection that I love of, like, film in general. It's, like, this, the the two sides of, like, where entertainment matches, like, auteuristic, like, vision. Mm-hmm. And, like, having a blockbuster that you see other directors still doing that now. I mean, Scorsese's, like, been doing that for years. in, like, Killers of the Flower Moons, like, his so he's still making movies that are coming out this year that are going to be like event movies that people still feel that they'll need to see like right as they come out but even like someone like Christopher Nolan or something is mm-hmm. still kind of doing that where he's eventizing like original storytelling and you just don't see that very often and it's like always good to celebrate like yeah uh, filmmakers that are interested in like both providing entertainment value and, exactly like, yeah interesting ideas.
1: even if it happened in the 60s <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs>
0: but i don't know i think that that's interesting and it's cool because i i guess that's something that i discovered but i think by watching this movie is that kurosawa was interested in entertainment value as mm-hmm. well i mean rashomon also very entertaining as, too but um yeah it was definitely an earlier
1: yeah i i think rashomon is kind of more of like an early kind of proving himself kind of movie yeah
0: it does feel like one yeah. of those first movies by a director and they're like trying to like throw all their ideas in there a
1: little bit exactly like <laughs> it's it's the big break it's the it's the film school movie
0: yeah right it's, yeah it's his pulp fiction or whatever but, <laughs> it's, it's, um, but yeah i mean this movie's great and i definitely would like re-watch it and i'm i'd be more curious to watch other of his movies now um
1: yeah no question
0: yeah thanks for listening everybody this thanks for coming on b this yeah i really appreciate of course. it um, that wraps up another episode of so what you think uh, we'll have another episode on tuesday um, and we'll see what that episode ends up being but you know stay tuned for that one um, until then all right peace